You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today we're talking about culture wars. More particularly, how microaggressions can become macro problems when left unattended. And we're talking about everything from kings, queens, and racist things. Okay, so I had this dream and normally I... Like try to remember them and then like I'd always forget it after a couple days or some shit. But this time I woke my black ass up and immediately started writing it down because I was like, this shit was a trip. And you were kind of featured in it. Really? It's kind of relatable to what we're dealing with today, but not at all. But okay, anyway. Tell me. So uh in the dream, I'm at an Albertsons or it's like a Vaughn's or like do you remember Lucky? Back in the day? No. It's, okay, but anyway, one of those, I think Lucky Transformers, Albertsons, Vons, whatever. I know Albertsons. But it's a grocery store, and it's one of those like grocery stores that you definitely frequented a lot with like your mom in the 90s. So um, it was like in a suburban area, and it looked just like an Albertsons like on this street called Stockdale Highway that I used to live by when I was in elementary school, and it had like a brown exterior, like 90s decor, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm like, it was vivid. Um, and I'm walking in the produce area, and in in the produce area, there's a center divider, and on the center divider, there's a bunch of food items on it, and it's like, it might be chilled or a like cooler, you know, like where you would grab, you know, like a Trader Joe's where you grab like the fucking ice cream and shit, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was a center divider in the middle of the produce aisle, mm, and they had like me. frozen food and uh, fruit and shit like that, but then also there was... Two sugar cookies on on either side of this like aisle, and each of those sugar cookies were sitting on like a folded like paper towel. I don't know why. And like one of the paper towels had like a grease stain on it. And there was those sugar cookies, you know, the ones that we get during like Halloween and Valentine's Day and like St. Patrick's Day, like the sugar cookies with the fucking fat ass chunk of frosting on top. Oh, I loved those. Yeah, disgusting so, cookies. Yeah, they're disgusting, and they probably gave you like diabetes, but. That it was the, it was two of those. Yeah, those were right. And then on the other side of this uh, freezer center divider is like a line forming of people, like they're waiting for something. I don't know what it was for. I couldn't see what they're waiting for, but the lines forming and it was just normal to me. But then I notice that there is this one lady that catches my eye and like is like I think she was African. I don't I don't want to get into how I know that. Cause like that might be problematic, <laughs> but like I could just I could just assume that I was like she's obviously a black woman and she just gave me African vibes. So I was like, okay, there's this African woman across the way, and I like at first I it kind of not even paying attention to her, but then all of a sudden she reaches over and then she grabs one of the sugar cookies and she takes the sugar sugar cookie and I'm like, oh, she's gonna just she's clearly gonna buy it. But she doesn't buy it. She just like starts eating it. And then I get I'm like, I'm heated. I don't <laughs> understand why I'm so heated. I'm mad. I'm livid. And <laughs> I'm like cussing this lady out like, how dare you eat that sugar cookie without buying it? I don't know why it was a loose ass sugar cookie sitting there anyway. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm I'm so mad at her and screaming and like to me, it seems normal. I've seen so justified, and everyone around is kind of just like no one's even reacting to it really. And then I'm like, "That's it. I'm going to get someone." And I'm like, "I'm the Black Karen." And I start yelling like, "I'm the Black Karen." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm the Black Karen." Oh yeah. And I was like, "What the?" I was like, in retrospect, I was like, "What the hell?" 
did I smoke weed before I went to bed? But that is totally something that you would do though, if you because you'd be self aware that you were that you were like popping off and like maybe it looked problematic, but then you'd all and so you'd call yourself out, but you also wouldn't stop doing it. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't like I wouldn't drop it. I keep so you're like, I know what I'm doing, I'm caring, but and that's just this is just like it ain't even the climax yet. Oh my god! So then I go to the front and like I like beeline to the cash register area, mm-hmm. and there's like this lady standing there, and it's another black woman. But maybe she she doesn't hate, she's not giving off African vibes to me. I don't know what was going on in my uh, REM racist mind, but, okay. but like this woman clearly to me was just like she was not African. But it was a black woman. She had like a tight ponytail. She was like a cross between like. Angela Bassett and like Michelle Rodriguez, so she mm. she looked like a police woman or a TSA agent. She was in between that. Okay, you're describing that one actor who's in every who's the cop in every movie. <laughs> what yes. is her name? Yes, I can't think of her name. I'll but look her up. Please yes. keep telling me about but your she dream. Was in, she's basically her. That's dead on who it is. Okay, um, cool. and then. I'm trying. I'm explaining to her that this lady ate this cookie. I'm like, she ate the sugar cookie. She didn't even pay for it. She just grabbed the sugar cookie off the, the napkin with the grease stain on it and ate it. And how dare she? And this lady, when I tell her this, like, she it just clicks in her head. Like she doesn't even she uh she doesn't even like get phased. She just immediately turns on. It's like what? And so she beelines it over there and for some reason it takes me longer to get back to the area but now when i get back to the area there's cops everywhere <laughs> wait so okay so the woman in question by the way is sonia son so yes. you tell sonia son about sonia, the african woman uh, yes. and sonia son bursts into action and she's gets a, ready she's like what no and like and she calls in like the swat I, team i don't know what? if she called them in or if they were already there and so I go back and I see all these cops everywhere and I have one of those moments like, what have I done? Oh, no. <laughs> but then I notice the African ladies just still stand there eating the sugar cookie. They're not even fucking with her. She doesn't care. They uh, Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess the cops oh. aren't there for her. But then I notice that there's other people in the line that the cops are talking to. And now that suddenly the line has changed into like a banquet table and it's like a restaurant. And I was like, oh, these people are not waiting in line. They're actually sitting down and dining at a restaurant. Okay. Oh my god. So, yeah, I don't, it was very confusing. But then I noticed the people that the cops were talking to are this certain select uh, white people. And mm-hmm. these white people look very reminiscent of the people that I grew up around. So when I explain this, I'm not trying to explain this to be offensive to anyone. I'm explaining this because this is what I saw. But it's like they just looked very hillbilly because they had on like spandex with like oversized like sport shirts from like high school and stuff with like little holes in it and flip flops and some flip flops with the fur on the on the tip of it and shit like that like kitten heels and stuff. They look they look very it looked very trailer park. And the cop, the cops are talking to these people on either side of this African woman, and they're the cops ain't having it. They're like they're being very aggressive and just like no, no, like and they start handcuffing them and stuff. And I noticed all the people with the hillbillies. Hand- yeah, they start oh, handcuffing the hillbillies. And then I noticed the hillbillies that they handcuffing are all the younger ones, like the teenager ones or college age, like the eighteen, nineteen. Mm. So they're handcuffing all of them and taking them away. And now at this point, I'm basically like, I gotta get out of here. Like this <laughs> yeah. is this is this is too much. But then I'm talking to a person that's near me, and I can't tell it's either you or my brother. And I'm not, it's either both of y'all in one body. Wow. But you guys are small in relation to me, like Bowie. So you're like <laughs> Dude, this is so wild. Yeah, so you're small, like I feel like you're small like a little dog, but you're also like a half you, half 
you know, 30-something-year-old black man. And so I'm like, this is very weird. But then I, so I'm talking to y'all, and I'm like, I need to get out of here. Then I also noticed that I'm barefoot. And I was like, I was barefoot this whole time? And I'm like, no one even noticed? I'm over here, like, judging people for eating this cookie and being a hot mess. And I'm a hot mess inside this Vons or whatever. So then I... We, we beeline and we get the fuck up out of there and we're walking through the parking lot. And as we're walking through the parking lot, I see the cops there. They're hauling these, these like hillbilly teens away and they like, they're taking them out. And their family is like, how could you do this? And I'm like, I didn't know. I was just telling them about the cookie. I didn't know this was going to happen. I was like, I was just trying to, I was just trying to get her in trouble for the cookie. I didn't want anyone to get arrested. And damn. <laughs> then you really uh, are the black Karen. Yeah. And then like, all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I find out, I'm like, why Why is this such a big deal? Why are the cops so aggressive with these kids? What do they do? And someone goes, oh, they're suspected for murdering their classmates. <gasps> and I was like, <gasps> what? I was like, yeah, like, yeah. Some, I guess, I guess they all are like, they're all su- suspects in like this murder case. Like they murdered a bunch of their classmates. And I was like, I'm gonna die. Like, I was like, I just, I just got the cops to come over here and arrest all of these like, so, like, you know, alleged murderers and they all know it was me and I they can see me in the parking lot. So now we start running and we run across the parking lot. Wait, wait the who's we? You you me and, and uh, me and slash your brother you, slash Bowie. My brother, sometimes it's Bowie, yeah. Like it's like <laughs> okay. a dog, man. It's it's a trip. But we just beeline and we start running through the, the parking lot and run through the park and then we finally get to another street that I remember it's like Callaway High, Highway or whatever. Mm-hmm. Callaway Road. And we get there and I like stare up at the tree and there's like this big ass tree and it looks like a fucking, it looks like the tree from Lion King. Wow. And I'm just staring at the tree for a little while and then I hear just the tail end of Billie Holiday's Strange Fruit and then I wake up. <laughs> oh my God, what the hell? And I was like. What a twist at the end. Yeah, this is like, it was definitely like a fever, acid trip. Malcolm Max, Martin Luther King dream. Dude, that is honestly... Okay, you're about to turn 33, right? Yeah. I'm going to get real conspiracy theory religious nut on you right now, but like that is like a God dream. I don't know what it's a metaphor for, but that's you are a prophet. I'm about to... I might be the end... Prophetize the end of days or something. Yeah. I don't know. There was so many levels to it. There was the, there was a Karen. Yeah. There was there was like my immediate judgment of like the African woman. It was right. like me running to the law enforcement, but then it actually ends up being escalating to something bigger. Yeah. But then they're actually arresting the hillbillies, and then and they're like white supremacist terrorists white supremacists that like killed their that killed their school. Wow. Their students in their school. I was like, what is? Oh, I was like, it, my brain. It's like a. A abstract painting of prejudice. Like, that's Ooh. what I hear when, that's what I see in my head. It's like, if you were to put all of those things together, it's like, that's what prejudice looks like on multiple levels. Just from all different types. And then Billy Holiday, Strange Fruit. Just strange Fruit. This. Wow. Strange Fruit. And I was like, mm-mm, no, no. I you know I woke my ass up. The minute that song came out, I was like, this is too dark. Yeah, I I'm out. Wake up. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I don't want to know what this next, what the next part. Well, is what do be. you like? What did you learn from the dream? Uh, I learned that. Well, all of my just my an, initial assumption that was something so small over that little cookie caused all of this. Yeah. Wow. But it also brought down some really bad people in the process. 
Okay. So I was like, well, I I guess I gotta make a make a fuss over the small things. It's a double edged sword, right? Because there's like it's like it really is a culture war. It's like a war, you know, people get hurt on both sides. Yeah. And it's and there's layers to it. It's complicated. It's not it's not as cut and dry as we want it to be. You know what I learned? Two things. What? I learned number one, that me, your brother, and Bowie are like your pack. <laughs> like like we like we like your your wolf pack, you know, that you you ride with. And you that's why like we're Luigi. But we're like yeah, we're like the subordinate characters in your life. <laughs> exactly, the Luigi's. I'm um, not Mario. But then I also learned that we need to start every episode of this show with you explaining a dream. Just cold turkey, just you. Okay. <laughs> Prophetic I, visions from Mike. That's what we'll I need to we'll write change. them down. Yeah, that's what we'll change this podcast to. Um, so we've got like a grab bag full of insane stories to talk through. Mike, when was the last time we got together to record? Um, it's been a while. I'm not going to give an actual date because I like these to be yeah. timeless. Yeah. But it's been weeks. Yeah. I, just so, so the, the listeners, anytime that they're listening, know that we have a lot that we need to catch up on. So yeah, there's a lot of things we missed. So there's we're gonna we're gonna talk about topics that may have occurred you know at these couple of weeks ago, yesterday and five minutes ago. But so all like, under the enveloping strange fruit of prejudice. Yes. <laughs> I'm really happy that came together. <laughs> it's gonna be like my dream. Okay, so first off, this week we saw the fina- series finale, the most dramatic series finale. Uh, well, I guess it's a season finale, not a series finale of The Bachelor. It should be the series finale. <laughs> Giving away <laughs> our conclusion here. Um, but this was Matt James' season of The Bachelor. When Matt James. He ended up with Rachel Kirkconnell, who was the one that we talked about, you know, two episodes ago. And we caught a C. We were on to something. I tried to tell everybody. I know. I, we knew it. We already knew. Yep. You texted me. We already knew. And I, I didn't even see the headline, but I knew what you meant. And I said, we already knew. Mm-hmm. I felt like Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? What? Don't know that she knew. Oh, she knew. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot about that. That terrible campaign. Yeah. Canceling yeah, Meryl. Didn't work. Didn't work. Um, and then they brought in Emmanuel Acho to uh, be the host. What is he from? Help me out. Uh, he's like a... F- well, you know him and I know him because he used to date Yvonne Orji. So that's how oh. we know him. But he does, I believe he does interviews with a black man on YouTube um, where he like sits down and has like controversial talks with people. Like there's this one video that you've probably seen where he sits down with like 12 police officers and it's like him and 12 cops and he's just talking to them. Um, mm. And then I think he was a former athlete and an ESPN commentator. He seems like he's doing shit I used to do in high school. <laughs> Damn. Not to diminish like the, the, the gravity of what he's what he's trying to do, but I'm like, I used to do that. I just want to know, Emmanuel, are you still dating Yvonne? What no, happened? he's not. I think she's single or something. What happened? What happened there? That's the tea I want. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I want to sit down with an interview with him and ask yes. him what happened with Yvonne. What did you do wrong? What you did didn't you treat do that wrong? queen correctly? Exactly. I don't know. I'm starting tea. Um, my conclusion and. Lizzie was the one who said this, was the finale was depressing and not in a way that makes you think just depressing. Oh, I bet you, you white people were depressed. <laughs> I bet it I bet it killed your spirits. It was like... Why, why was us like a, in particular? <laughs> because, like, it killed the fantasy. Like, you guys had how many something, 20-something seasons of, like, you know, these white guys, white women, like... 
being like, oh, I, f- I tried to seek out love and like it didn't work out, but we just broke up because of our differences. Like it was very, it was, it was very, you know, Disney Channel breakups. But then this one was like, nah, this is a lifetime breakup. This is like, mm-hmm. this is a bigger, you know, this is FX, HBO, Cinemax type shit. This is like, <laughs> it got a little deeper. It wasn't just they had differences or she, she was all for the fame. It was like, nah, this is a very real topic. Yeah. So it, like it, it, it wasn't what we look for when we're watching Bachelor. But do you think that they handled the conversation well? Because I would say they kind of they kind of dropped the ball, in my opinion. I think they dropped the ball. I think they focused, they cared too much about are they going to get back together? Then, spo- spoiler alert, fucking ain't nobody going to watch this shit anyway. But they focused too much on is he going to get back with her? Is he going to forgive her? Them trying to address what what the problem is with this franchise, what the problem is with racism, what the problem is when you're dealing with interracial dating and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a complete missed opportunity. Because, like, I remember Matt James kept saying, like, like, you know, you need to do the work on your own. And, like, there's this, there's this kind of thing that's, that's talked about now in, in, like, you know, social media and the public sphere where it's, like, doing the work. Either white people are doing the work or we're not doing the work. But no one ever says what the fuck that is. And in my opinion, I know what it is. Yeah, it's working on it's like self auditing, right? It did not do a good uh, job, in my opinion, of explaining the whole issue around all of this and why yeah. it's like a problem and when what and what to do about it. Well, the the body language and some of the dynamics like that really got me was. They, when he would say you need to do the work and stuff on your own, I felt like whatever his name is, Emmanuel, whatever, you know, the host dude. Black uh, Emmanuel Acho. Yes. The, 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 the black guy they planted in there because they didn't want to seem racist and they want to have a black guy ask black guy questions. Like, stop trying it, ABC. Matt James would say you need to do the work. And then after he would say that, I felt like they would turn to him and go, what is that? What should she do? What should happen next, Matt? Explain to us, black man, what what is what should white people do to make things better? And he kept being like, you could notice all the awkward silences. He didn't like he's like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Yeah, I'm contractually obligated to be like, chill. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't say what I need to say. He's like, I can't I can't pop off and, you know, talk about how deep and, and intense this is. Like even me, every time we do these podcasts, I get nervous and like, I swear someone could t- easily take anything outside of context. Mm. And I sometimes I do make jokes and stuff like this is a comedic co- podcast, but I talk about serious issues. So you could just pull stuff without the comedy and be like, Mike 100 percent believes this or right. this is. So, like, I get nervous about that. So, like, I can only imagine Matt James, he's sitting on national television. He's not going to, he can't really go in and go off on this situation because he has to kind of save face. Well, and I was thinking, too, like, he, there's no scenario. So, in my mind, it was like, there was no scenario where Rachel leaves that situation, like, okay, unless she stays with Matt. And there was no way that Matt leaves that that situation okay unless he breaks he breaks up with Rachel so even if he liked her and he didn't even give a fuck about any of that stuff and he was like you know what I don't care like I'll I'll just call you out when it happens in the future whatever like even though even if he was feeling that there was no way that he could do that part of me thinks he didn't care part of, I fully believe I think he didn't get the biggest shit of it he didn't care yeah but he saw what it turned into yeah he like it's like one of those things where he, he saw it's like 
you see like someone you have some like sitting in your room some old food and you're like oh that's just a little crumb it ain't nothing I, I clean it up later it ain't that big of a deal but then you know five months later that shit turned that mold and it's a growth it stinks it's fucking up the room now you gotta deal with it so yeah. he ignored he ignored it for a long time and it grew into something bigger I think he he had an inkling probably forever but yeah. he he just was like whatever because he even said it I thought it was just rumors yeah. I was just letting it be and then he let it he realized well, it Black got Twitter was going to cancel his ass. Yeah, it got so big that he now represented something that was larger than what he gave a shit about, you know, personally. Yeah. What what wherever he landed on that. Like there was stuff that happened earlier where people were calling out for him to speak out about the violence um at the Capitol on January 6th, and then people were criticizing him like how is he not speaking out? It's like Dude, can this guy just like live his life? Like, why does he have to comment on that specifically? What if he had nothing to say? Yeah. But then he put out a statement because people were calling for it. And then people on Reddit finally went, you know, a lot of, I think, BIPOC people on Reddit came out and they were like, dude, like, it's messed up that we're calling out for this. Like, why aren't you calling out the 49 white, like, bachelors that have ever been on this show and, like, ask them to call it out? Because we're the ones, white people, white men in particular, who were the ones raging at the freaking Capitol. So, like, we're the ones that need to speak up on that shit. I, that's one of the biggest issues with me, and I, and I see we have it here in the, in the notes, that I feel like there was all, there's always a focus on, like, the victim and the perpetrator. And not the system. We always keep ignoring the fucking system when we literally say it's systemic racism. What the fuck is the, the take out the it? It's the system. So <laughs> if we say systematic oppression, systemic racism, like all these things are about systems. Institutions are systems that are, are like in networks and years and centuries of ways of doing things that have been so ingrained in the in the way we live our life that it's beyond the, the actual immediate change or control of any individual human being. So that means even if a white person woke up and said, I will never do another racist thing in my life, if that white person, said white person, goes to their job and I don't know and just and just lives a normal day, there's gonna be 12, 13 things that they contributed to a racist society that they didn't even realize because it happened with things they're not even paying attention to. Yeah, like it's not, it's not, it's not always like burning crosses and, and tying nooses and, and and lynching black people. People need to understand that racism is not that. That's that shit is just murder and that's, that's just a crime. Hate and violence. That's hate and violence. Like yeah. we need to, we need to. <laughs> people keep saying like, I'm not racist. I don't have a KKK hood. And I'm like, bitch, that's not calm the fuck down. Yeah, that's that's just like people saying that uh, all re- like Republicans are ignorant and stupid and stuff like that no we can't you can't you can't say that's not that's not that's not true yeah we're we're simplifying stop simplifying shit racism is not as simple as just doing some some this one little single act of violence racism is much deeper than that it's it's systems so like for me we shouldn't be talking about matt james we shouldn't be talking about rachel kirkland we should be talking about um Talking about ABC and, and the, the Bachelor, Bachelor franchise. franchise. Yeah. We should be talking about America. It's the same thing when we have uh, people in the House and Congress and senators and shit sit down with everybody and go, what are we going to do? People are starving. They don't have money. America is hungry. 
We need to get a vaccine for them. We need to figure this out. And I'm like, if you don't get up off your ass and do something about, like, how dare you? Like the, the parents of the children, we we had this analogy so many times. If the, if the parents <laughs> sat down the children and explained to the kids that they need to like figure out how to be a parent and like, what can I do to be a parent? How could I help feed you? How could um, I make this make things easier for you. It's like the kids, like I don't fucking know. I'm five years old. <laughs> you know what I realized after living with my parents for like two weeks is that like my mom kind of does that as a parent. <laughs> what can I do to be a better parent? For yeah. you? Well, like she, she was just like yeah. I mean, maybe that's a whole other can of worms. To, oh my gosh. Yeah, get into. I mean, she's from a different time. Yeah. So I mean, our pa- our parents probably are that way because that's how America is. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like just says good luck. <laughs> We're just way too focused on the individuals. And that's why I yeah. even think that Chris Harrison left. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it, he, it was, I mean, even the crazy rant that he went on seemed almost staged. Like, if we're going down, like, a conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Yeah, like, like I love these. Like, he just went, like, so hard on the woke police. Like, he knew it was going to just get him canceled. Like, he was just like, you know what? I'm going to just go for it. And I think he just said he stepped down, he stepped down on his own, didn't he? What if he wanted to get out of the contract? He's like, I don't know how to get out of the contract. Actually, I do. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past the bastard, Man. you know what I mean? Like, I think he nah, probably did do that. I, I think he was probably told to do everything in his power to to say, to save face to Rachel uh, Kirkconnell, and he couldn't. He didn't know how to do that without accidentally slipping into white supremacy yeah and, and, and we saw what happened because yeah. i think he was told like you gotta do everything in your power to save save her because they knew she was the winner yeah and i think that maybe even at that time matt and her were still possibly together and then once that happened there was like no way they could be together yeah uh, i mean they should they should have stayed together. I want that drama. I want that tea. Well, don't you think that that is, I mean, we're going to get to this in a minute, but don't you think that that would have been better ultimately? Not better in that, like, yeah, it's his job to teach her, but, but we're better. We're going to talk about a relationship. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk no, about it right now. Let's jump so into it. also two weeks ago, last Sunday, there was a, a, well, not to date it. Just everyone knows there was a interview that Oprah Winfrey did her biggest interview ever. Uh, CBS. Was it her biggest ever? I no, guess. I don't think it's her biggest ever, but it's her biggest lately. Okay. Yeah. Um, on CBS, 17 million viewers tuned into live TV. That's the most people that have turned into live TV. Well, for... she has two continents that are invested in this. That's, I mean, yeah, she has the whole world invested in this. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, this is like, the queen is like a, alone is a global figure. I mean, England, they colonized pretty much half the world. So like, yeah. and then they got decolonized. In another world, I'd say the queen is overrated, but... <laughs> Well, the queen is not in this world. A literal historical icon. So, like, not, not in this world. I'm not saying that. Yeah, uh, but so um, she sat down with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Yes, and the second best prince and uh, or second best Harry and Meghan, because Harry Styles and Meghan Thee Stallion are they they oh. take they take number one. Dude, how great would it be if they dated? Oh, please! I'm oh. hoping that. Yeah, that's Ooh. shit. I will fight for them. I'll be like, you don't need like security and shit. I will fight the press for you. Well, <laughs> that is so awesome. But okay, real quick. Yeah. Um. So basically, they had their first interview, like you know, without the royal family holding them back for the first time ever. Everyone knows the story, but obviously, some bombshells came out. 
um, particularly about Megan feeling, you know, depressed to the point of suicidal in that environment. And then the whole inner workings of how the firm, quote unquote, that controls the royal family, like dictates what you do all the time. Yeah. It, with this like weird, all like this tabloid. sounds normal to me though. Not it, that it's okay, but it doesn't sound, it doesn't at all, at all sound like a lie to me. It doesn't oh, at no. all sound like it's elaborated or exaggerated. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, even still, the relationship that they have with the tabloids is like this like parasitic relationship, right? Between the royal family and, and the tabloids. Yeah. And so, of course, the tabloids are going to jump on this, and they did, to to, you know, Try to spin it into this the huge fact drama. That the tabloids have ground to stand on in our this day and age. That's what's wrong with our world. Yeah. The fact that they're like, it's normal human beings who are saying that people are mistreating them and talking bad about them versus the people who are talking bad about them. Who well, do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding? Yeah. Well, but think about it. Like, the royal family has to keep this relationship with the tabloids going because otherwise. The, ta- the tabloids will be like, why do we need a royal family? And then all of the common people will be like, why the fuck do we need a royal family? People and then they get their said- money taken away. No, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's to me, it's the literally whole their life. That's Their no, life is a lie. You white people say that shit so you guys can uphold white supremacy because y'all don't completely know what white supremacy is. You think it is your livelihood. Or you think it is your history. But it's actually, a.k.a. white supremacy. Your history is colonization. Your history is crusades. Your history is genocide. So if you're upholding that, you're also upholding those things. And I think people get that confused. So that's the thing they want to preserve. And are they really worried about people trying to cancel the royal family? Can nobody who gonna cancel them? No, but the Whole royal family the royal family is worried about it. They they a damn lie. They are not they they are more powerful than a fucking tabloid. A tabloid Who do you think is the most who do you think is the guiltiest white person in the world? The head of the country that fucking colonized the entire world? Like the, the literal symbol of white supremacy? But what are they what are they gonna say? That they're connected and tied to a bunch of underground shit, like murdering their uh estranged daughter in law? That shit has already been said and they're still doing okay. Yeah, no, that's true. So like stop. But I'm trying to I guess like in a way it I'm I'm saying like this parasitic relationship that they have, they feel like they need it. Because why else would they go along with this shit when they have money and fame and all you. this? To preserve white supremacy. I don't think that that... Y'all keep doing it. Why do you think Donald Trump was president? But don't you think they could preserve white supremacy without the tabloids? Don't you think we could have preserved white supremacy without Donald Trump? Why the fuck do we have to do that? Yeah, that's true. Why do we have to do that? Everything was, go- was fine. We like, <laughs> like we didn't need we didn't need that. Only thing he invigorated and empowered was a bunch of fools. He didn't invigorate and empower like actual business and commerce. Like we we that we everybody knew that was not going to happen. They picked him because I I feel like it's just because at the end of the day you want you want to save that mentality that like even the even the rock bottom most poor white person deserves to be rich. And they Damn. all and so they all feel I deserve to have the best. So they're like, I may be equally uh, uh, equal in, in a financial means and societal means as a person of color or a person in the inner city. But actually, I'm better than them because I deserve to be rich because I'm a white person. I'm the I am the descendant of kings and queens. 
aka Queen of England. So yeah. I deserve to have more power than everybody else. And that shit pisses me off. Cause that's, that's so I'm fair. just saying, I don't like the Queen, y'all can't y'all cannot really be that afraid of no tabloids. Like they should cuss their ass out. They should be like, leave our family alone. This is a conversation between me, Harry, and Megan. All y'all get the fuck up out of it, including you, Oprah. Yeah, I mean, if if there isn't some like shadowy like firm network that's running the royal family's like like whole life, like you know they kind of more or less insinuated in the interview, then yeah, it's basically just them. So that so now that this this is where this is where let me elaborate. Yeah. Now the royal family, I'm gonna put them on the same pedestal with our actual actual institutions of government, the the Senate. The you know the the Supreme Court, the presidency, the White House. Yeah, those things are fine, but there are people who work within those buildings and within those institutions who are not fine, who are all constantly on, on the chopping block. They are the problem. They're the ones who are afraid of the tabloids. The Queen ain't afraid of the tabloids. Harry ain't afraid of the tabloids. Prince uh, William and all them, they ain't afraid of the tabloids. They've been doing, they know, they, that's what people said. They knew what they were getting into. These people have, they have raised and trained and prepared themselves for this shit. The people who are afraid are the little Mitch McConnells of, 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 of England and shit. <laughs> so they, yeah. they're out there running the firm, quote unquote. They're the ones out there running the institution who are like, oh, no, Megan, you shouldn't say that. Oh, no, Harry, you shouldn't do that. No, we're not going to give you security. No, we're not going to do that. The queen was probably like, yeah, give whatever they want. They're like, nope, nope, queen, you got to understand there's a hierarchy to things. So the same way how a president like Joe Biden or Donald Trump be like, give everybody checks, give everybody money. And then all of a sudden the Senate goes, no, 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 we can't give everybody money because that's not the way things work. There's a system to things. Those motherfuckers are the ones that cause the problems. So I believe everything Megan is saying is true uh, it, about you know the institution because that's yeah. how all the institutions and in education and finance and and business everything is is run that way. So yes, Megan, I believe you totally. Um, well, let me ask you this. I mean, getting away from the institutional question for a second. I mean, just for, as like a interracial couple comparing it to the Matt James situation. I mean, yeah. so Harry essentially comes out in this interview with, sorry, but I should phrase that differently. Megan, the first half of the interview is with Megan. Yeah. And then Harry enters and is now in the second half of the interview. Like, Harry came out. This is <laughs> juicy tea. Yeah. Um, and, and he talks about how he didn't understand the institution. Essentially, Harry says two things. He says, number one, he doesn't want what happened to his mom, which you talked about a little bit earlier to happen to Megan. And he saw a pattern that was repeating itself as far as the way that Megan was treated inside the system and was hurt by it yes. and leading to her to have suicidal thoughts. And then also he said that he didn't realize how bad the system was to the point where he needed to leave while he was in it until he had Megan's perspective. This is paraphrasing. Um, and then he saw how it was hurting her and then he did what he needed to do for his family to leave that situation. Which is, that that happens. I, I would say the same thing for you. You had a different level of understanding some of the things that can go on because you saw it firsthand living with me. You wouldn't have had the same perspective on your on just re- from reading a book or just from watching TV or looking at a YouTube video. Yeah, totally. It's different when you actually like, fuck, I see this person and I see them even trying to pretend like everything's fine and I don't think it's fine. Like, you're more mad than me sometimes. 
Yeah. So that that's what happened with Harry. He's probably like, no, 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 Megan, you're trying to you're trying to be cool and make the family keep the peace. He's like, oh hell no, this is the mother of my children and this is my wife. I'm gonna put hands on somebody. He like this ain't y'all ain't about to do this because I mean there was once upon a time the dukes and the and the earls and shit were fighting each other. So. <laughs> yeah, know, that's things true. Things are different now, but it, 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 you know, if this was I'm just gonna go to America ago, and cash in on a Spotify deal, <laughs> you know, I'm man, not... he's starting a war. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, is yes, Princess Diana and Meghan Markle were were treated very similar. Duchess, the Duchess Meghan Markle. I'm okay. She still gets to be the Duchess to me. I don't care what they say. Uh, shit, you be knighting, you know, Mick Jagger and shit. I can get Meghan Markle can be Duchess. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, so the Princess Diana was treated a certain way. Yes, they did focus on like her image and her body and her attitude, and she's frivolous and you know. Oh yeah, they were horrible and, to and her. Treat, and sexualized her a lot, right? Yeah. But Harry and I, hats off to you, Harry. Harry, hats off to you, Harry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say his name like that because Harry Potter. But anyway, he noticed there was a little difference when they're mm. talking about Meghan Markle. It's treating her like she's malicious and mm. mean and angry and a bitch and all this stuff. And I'm like, and he, I and mean, you put yeah, those he, side by side, you're like, damn, that's different. They don't talk about nobody like that. It's still sexism, but there's something else to it, too. And that's where you notice the black. That's where you're like, oh, that's the black woman stuff. And, that, and, that, and I, I, give, I give it to him for that because, yes, that is how black women are treated. It's like... They we know about this angry black woman trope and all that stuff like that. I'm a strong black woman. They don't need no man. To us, that's a funny meme, but that's also derogatory because we're saying that all black women are just independent bitches and shit like that. You know, and and hard to deal with. Don't like it. Every time you see them in TV shows and stuff, they're the secretary and shit. That's like, oh hell to the now and all that shit. Yeah. So when Meghan Markle's being referred to and stuff and all this press and all this news and and these different things, she just like Serena Williams at one point. That's why Serena had let tweeted out some shit too and supported her because they treated her the same way mm. if she throws a racket or she gets frustrated during a very athletic sport and she's a very competitive person oh she's ungrateful oh she's mean she's angry she's she's animal like and all this stuff and i'm like i'm ready to fight because i'm like everybody else fucking does it there's little sports where you just beat people up like boxing and shit but you get mad when a, when a woman does it especially a black woman so like the the fact that megan Merkel was being depicted this way that's clear racism and that it's going to be very hard for the the royal family to defend because no nobody in in, in the world defend defend that that's white. The white institutions they don't like def- they, like who actually comes out and, and immediately calls themselves out on shit. Nobody. Like they always call each other out. Yeah. But they never they never immediately call themselves out. It's not like ABC puts out a statement and says, "Yeah, we fucked up." Well, even what happened with the bachelor, I mean, you called it out like Chris kind of like fell on the sword for that, but like like that basically what happened was Chris got the axe for a franchise and a production team that has been racist for decades now. Right. That's because like, that's the way things were. Yeah. Not because they, that's their mission and their purpose in life. Right. But that's just the, the way the, the world that they have benefited from. Everybody wants to throw somebody else down the well so they don't have to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, it just sucks because, like, it's one of those things where you want to be like, it. it's what people have told me a long time. When I was listening to the Meghan Markle interview, it really fucked with me because it's like people would tell me, even my family would say this, if something happened to me race, racial or 
or something, you know, there's prejudice happen like towards me, they'd be like, well, you get what you asked for. Like you get you 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 were asking for it type thing. Cause it's like you could have just like isolated yourself and only hung out with black people, been around black people. But you want to go to school with white kids. You wanted to go, you know, you wanted to go to that school in Orange County. You wanted to live in LA on this side of town. You want to do that. So if I get beat up by the cops and everything, people are like, well, you sh- you could have did. I'm like, where where could I have gone? Explain to me. You want me to go to Inglewood? Cause I yeah, it would be it would be busting, bitch. If I fucking went to like you know inner city somewhere, I'm also <laughs> gonna deal with some prejudice and racism there. So yeah. it's like that. How dare we say Megan should have known better? You should you were married into the royal family? No, I don't give a damn what family she's marrying into. At some point, we need to change. At some point, we need to have these conversations you always have. I know y'all never talked about this as a, as a family. I know y'all never talked about this as a country or a continent. But I think it's about high time that Europe has a conversation about the serious conversation about racism when your ass literally went around the world fucking up everybody's country and then had the audacity to be like, oh, what? We are tied to racism? If you don't, <laughs> if you don't cut that shit out, <laughs> like, yeah. like, do we like? I don't even know what I can't even think of a of a reference to to get people to understand that there are racist uh, there's a racist history with with Europe. Like how it that seems oh. like a silly conversation hmm. to me. Hmm. Maybe World War Two. <laughs> that that's even later. Oh, you're talking about like like, like early colon. <laughs> So the reference is America, Mike. Like, yeah. The reference is India. The reference is the like, world. What? Did they think that they're just there because they were just hanging out? Did they? Do they actually think that a bunch of people went to like South Africa and were like, "Oh my God, this is such a cute place." Do you guys mind if we just like post up next to you? And Africans are like, "Yeah, bitch." And they're like, "Oh my God, you guys like would have tea and like just be friends." Yeah. No, they was throwing niggas in fucking jail because he spoke out against the apartheid. Mm. And now we want to celebrate him. But let's talk about who threw him in jail, though. Yeah. When when Gandhi didn't want to eat and shit and was starving himself. Who the fuck? Were you? He wasn't just doing that for, for, for the hell of it, for Instagram. Do we know who he's doing that in the opposition against? Come on, people. It, yeah. It's, it's sorry, Queen. I'm sorry, Harry. I'm sorry, William, that y'all had to be born into this shit. It's not fair. I'm not saying y'all are KKK hood racist people tying nooses. Like I said earlier, racism is deeper than that. It is not always doing uh, individual acts of violence or individual acts of prejudice. Well, let's it, talk about an individual pre- act of prejudice because there's uh, okay the whole Pierce Morgan of it all, right? Oh, Lord. Now, that's... That's all the levels of racism. <laughs> you texted me earlier in the week and you said, today on problematic white men are losing their shit. Pierce Morgan quit because everyone realized he was only tripping on Meghan Markle because she ghosted him back in 2016. So this is a real story, right? Yes. It, 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 it's one of those stories where like people were trying to save face, but you start saying more than you need to say. And I guess there's like some radio show or some interview that Pierce was doing and he in the radio show he talks about like oh yeah uh he like bought her a couple drinks and he put her into a car and in that that car that he put her into to go to it was sending her to another party and that car sent her to a party that where she met harry prince harry and so he's like she wouldn't have met him without me but she also kind of blew me off after that and i was like blow you off that's what you that's how you refer to someone that you're trying to court yeah. And then I was like, but the, the dates don't add up. 
Because he's been, asked, done in 20... So this was in 2016, but he's been married since 2010. Yeah. Who your... Where's your wife? Where was your... Did your wife also buy the drinks for her and she got blown off too? Or were you at... What is happening? I was, yeah, I was like, this is a glitch in the, in the <laughs> patriarchy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they doing too much. Like he 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 need to put his foot in his mouth. Oh so that interview God. is out there. So now when he's popping off on Megan all the damn time and acting like he's doing it in the in the name of the Queen, everyone's like, no, no, no. We we have the receipts that you literally gave us that you have a grudge against this woman. That's why you're talking so harshly of her and saying she's untrustworthy and she's she can't be she's just uh she's just doing this for the money and the fame and all of that, which is very problematic already for someone to say on air. I don't give a fuck if you're an opinion piece or you're a podcast like us. I'm not about to come up here and start spouting about how, you know, being very misogynistic or very racist or homophobic. That's not that's not entertainment, that's not news, that's not that's not nothing. Throwing I mean people could say like we're calling out Pierce Morgan, and we're so hateful about him. I'm not and hateful. And I'm saying that they, I'm not, well, these are like facts of the story. This is what happened. <laughs> like I was, don't know that man. Yeah, I do know he said that crap, and I know it doesn't. And know it confuses me. It doesn't add up. And I know the way how he talked about Meghan Markle is not okay. Yeah. He kept saying she was despicable about how she talked about the Queen, but she did. They never said anything bad about the Queen. Yeah. They just said they told their their side of the story. They never even said anyone said anything. Which I bad. heard I heard some people say like, oh well, you know, they could they could feel that way and they could get out of it. So why did they even have to do the interview? But it's like because so much shit was written about them to begin with that they had no consent over that like they have every right to say what they you know their side of the story when they were held back for four years. Man, well, if we got to listen to the interviews of. Of all of the people that were killed by police officers or the, you know, we got to listen to all the interviews of of the women who were raped or or sexually assaulted and stuff like that on national TV, like Oprah uh, did Meghan Markle and Harry, then we our perspective would change on a lot of these accusations and a lot of these stories that everyone says we don't believe them and they're just doing it for fame and stuff. That's why I needed to do the interview because some things need to be discussed. Some things need to be brought up. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Pierce Morgan, he got really upset and didn't he leave his show or something? He stormed out. And then he like the, is he got off called out and is off the show now. Um, and someone said, it must be nice. Pierce Morgan gets to leave a situation when he's uncomfortable, but criticizes a black woman for doing the same. Yeah. Stormed out. Pulled, you know, like they all do it. The Bill O'Reilly's and stuff like I'm done with this. I'm, I'm over this. And they get all mad. And I'm like, oh, oh so when you do it, it's fine. But when anybody else does it, we this is everybody think back to how you felt during January 6th, 6th and you were like, oh, now I see the double standard. That's mm-hmm. the double standard is that when a bunch of uh, uh, BIPOCs walk outside with picket signs and stuff like that and say, we want we want to be treated fairly and stuff like that and get pepper sprayed and all that. You're like, how dare they go out there and say that? They're so ungrateful. This is America. Be proud of your American heritage. Be a proud to be an American. Don't disrespect the flag and take a knee. Don't be an asshole to the cops. And then somebody says there was two cases of voter fraud uh, against your Donald Trump God King or whatever the fuck you think he is. And then you go and you try to burn down the whole fucking American government. You literally do it. You're doing, you took it to the extreme. Everybody else is just walking in the middle of LA and New York. That's it. 
But you literally went to storm a capital, the Capitol building, ripping yeah. flags down, busting cops in the head and shit with with pipes and stuff. You literally doing the thing that you talk so badly about. So when you do it, it's okay because you have you're in your feelings and you're upset. Well, they're paying for it now. I mean, there's oh, like yeah. 300 people or something <laughs> that are being 900 investigations. I think I texted you like it's insane, like what's going on. Well, I'm like, well, they're about to be you know defund the police people after this. I need to see them behind bars. I need to see people going into jail. Absolutely. There's always there's always investigations. But like, who's investigating them? The police? Yeah. Uh-uh. They need to have the people that got their head busted in investigate them. Yeah, I bet that's you those true. cops would be like, oh, they're going to jail. Mike, you texted me this great, this great quote. You said, all the greedy misers and gross sheriffs of Nottingham are trying to make it look like there's an attack on freedom, but it's people getting tired of them being in power, uh, getting tired of them being in power of anything. Good riddance. Yeah. It's it's literally we see this in the movies all the time. They're like there'll there'll be like the king or the person in charge who's not paying close attention, i.e. Joe Biden or our whole entire American government. And then <laughs> and then there's like the, the the little miser character, the little offside character, the Jafar or something is like boo, 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 boo. no, what do you mean? They're trying to attack me. Like They're attacking my from, freedom. And it's yeah. like Bitch, no. Hold on, Jafar. Don't act like you are innocent here. Like, don't call out this street rat and say that he's trying to trying to uh, use you guys for your money, and that's why he's trying to date Princess Jasmine. Don't come over here and say that y'all got animals running free and shit, and animals doing too much. Like, you know, I'm just, you know, whatever. He he he, 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 he saying genies and shit trying to come in here and blue people trying to take over and have blue rights and stuff. Like he, you know, Jafar got all these crazy issues, and it's like, nigga, now you was trying to take down the whole. Agrabah and your ass are trying to call everybody else out you trying to take the attention off yourself mm. so all of the all of the scars and the Jafars and I don't know Maleficence and shit they're all they're getting they're getting worried and scared because now they're about to lose their jobs and now they're, they're not going to get away with the same shit they got away with that's yeah. the Pierce Morgans unfortunately that was the Chris Harrison's that's the you know the Donald Trumps the all these people are like what I thought I can say whatever the fuck I want. Well, what about like w- w- I mean, essentially, Chris and Pierce they got to go off scot free. You're here saying you know what if everyone in America was forced to listen to these you know interviews with people saying their side of the story? What if Chris Harrison and Pierce Morgan had to sit there and listen to it and hear, yeah. hear the pain that they had caused? I. I think that they, I don't like the fact that we just cancel them and then they have to go away. I don't like that. That's why I'm against cancel culture. They basically get to like ride off into the sunset. Yeah. It's with their money. It's like, go away. Uh-uh. No, that's like literally if someone, if there was this greedy miser character, or it's like when they take Jafar and they just, they just, uh, and they just say, okay, Jafar, just leave Agrabah and don't ever come back. And he was like, all right. No, that's not what happened. They said that's not going to be enough. They make that nigga a genie and they put that nigga in a lamp. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. And, so they can always bring him out whenever they need to yeah, talk to him. So they, they made him suffer. They're like, you got to feel the pain that you were trying to cause everybody else. You're going to sit here and live in your shit. Because you, you think this, this is what you, this is the, the, the damned world that you wished upon others. Now you're going to live in that damned world. So like... Chris Harrison, Pierce Morgan, they should be, he should have to sit there and listen to people continually tell him that what he's saying is problematic, racist, sexist, misogynistic. And then he has to inter, uh, hear what Meghan Markle has to say in rebuttal on national TV. Then he has to, to, you know, deal with all the cancel culture, continually trying to cancel him while trying to have his job. Well, that's what I feel like I've heard the most of is like, 
older, you know, white, typically conservative people are just Uh-oh. like upset that we're having this conversation. Like they're like, oh, why do they have to talk about it all the time? Like, what should we talk about that? Is that's the curse that it that it put on you, and now you have to talk, have this conversation over and over and over and over again until you fucking deal with it. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, what else? We, I mean, there's nothing else to talk about, honestly. Yeah. Well, we can talk about the Grammys. <laughs> oh my gosh! So what? What was your? So did you watch it? Uh, I mean, no, I watched clips, and then I watched all the performances. Of course, I haven't even seen the performances yet. I just heard what oh, happened. Late. You like you I gotta know. watch Cardi B. She was hitting the the dookie dookie do hot hot dookie. like it was <laughs> it was good. Um, Megan Thee Stallion, Harry Styles. Come on now, yeah. Come on now, Harry and Megan. I told you already. <laughs> I told they don't play no games. Well, Harry had his chest out, the tattoos. And I also heard jeans. did did Megan and Cardi B like dance on a giant stiletto? There was a giant stiletto. There was a giant bed. They like scissored each other at one point. That's wild. It was some shit that should not have been on TV. <laughs> but it's fine. It's like it was the edited version, so it was like wet, wet, wet. And I was like, it doesn't you could take pussy out, but I can tell what's happening there. <laughs> uh, You're like, I know. Yeah. Oh, Billy Eilish also performed. Yeah, well well, okay, so the thing I want to talk about was Billy Eilish won and yes. then dedicated her speech to oh. Megan. I love and her. She's young though. There was this there was this article so that I better. sent to you where the headline goes, the odd pattern that keeps happening at the Grammys, where <laughs> the show is now have a tradition of white artists dedicating their awards to the black peers who lost. Is yeah. that like millennials apologizing for boomers voting for them? Like white millennials yeah. apologizing for boomers voting for them? Because they know what's going on. Yeah, they can it's, they it's, know. it's honestly the things the things that I feel like Eminem did it. He eventually at some point made it addressed it. That he like always wins and shit every time he's up for a Grammy. Um Macklemore didn't, I don't think he didn't address it. Oh, uh, I think he texted Kendrick after and he's like, You should have won. Yeah, okay, see? But you know. You know. You know what's at play. You know you didn't deserve it. And it's like, but with Billy Ash, I would say she deserves every award she receives. Super she, talented. Like that's the thing. I don't want to take away from from she is actually really, really great. But the what the article, which was written by Spencer Cornhopper. Oh no. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce well, that. I apologize uh, to this to this person. But um <laughs> what Spencer wrote was basically like like there's this idea of what a serious songwriter is, you know, that makes these sad ballads. Um, this is paraphrasing. And and you know, Billie Eilish fits into that. You know, Taylor Bullshit. Taylor Swift fits into that. Bullshit. But we know what why it really is, means. If it's that's all, the case, why is Jasmine Sullivan not winning? Or her. Or her, yeah. I mean, she won for her song, but not for her album. Yeah, she wins the best black person in the room. But, <laughs> like, they, they don't... Beyonce had lemonade. That mother shit... That shit had literal poetry interwoven to the music. Based on... Loosely based on the generations of her mother, herself, and her grandmother. And, and black women in general. And the, and the plight that black women experience. And it was an entire story with an entire visual accompaniment. Oh, it was and, amazing. And she didn't even win. Adele won. And when Adele won, Adele was like, you deserve this, Beyonce. She literally said, it's quoted in this article, what the fuck does she have to do to win album of the year? That's what Beyonce said? That's what Adele asked about Beyonce. Yeah. She said, what the fuck, what is, What's next? I don't know what else she can do. Yeah. She, she I think she's ran out of things. 
Yeah. So it's like that. So that's why I say they can give us all these excuses. Oh no, it's for the artistry. Oh no, it's for the 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 music, the musicality. And people will say it. I think one time Beck won over Beyonce to uh, Beyonce's other album because Beyonce just constantly putting out bomb ass albums. But the visual, other visual album and stuff, and yeah. people are like, "Oh no!" But Beck can play so many instruments and all this stuff, and and yada yada yada. But I'm like, that no, don't act like that's the reason why the people are winning. Well, here's a direct quote. So it's like race is integral to the history of music classification in America. And many black artists have experienced some version of Beyonce's story being highly publicized Grammy performers who mostly prevail in the hip hop or R and B categories. Watching this year's Grammys felt like a reminder of the aesthetic implications and justifications behind such patterns. Swift, for example, isn't any, just any white woman. She's a guitar slinging singer songwriter who is currently in a phase of making folk indie rock. Um, and then they talk about back and they go on. Okay. Uh, who else is a uh who else is technically a folksy singer songwriter with a guitar? Her. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't get to be in the same categories as Taylor Swift. That's why I think people were calling out Justin Bieber because he's like said he was mad that he wasn't he said his out his recent album was an R and B album. And people aren't seeing where he was getting at. He's mad because he literally can have the same producers, the same beats, the same vibe, the same features. As a black person, but then he gets to be pop, he gets to be in the main categories, and he gets to be like separate from 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 R and B. But it's like that's his his shit is R and B. Sam Smith R and B. Nick Jonas R and B. Yeah, he has like, you know Chance on his album and all that stuff. What else is that? Yeah. That's rhythm and blues. Charlie Puth R and B. Yeah, I don't know what else you want to call that. They literally making music with Quincy Jones and shit. I don't know what you want to, but but the racism is like no no no. That's not urban because because they're white. That's pop. That's contemporary. Um, and the other one is urban. Beyonce makes a song that's one of the most popular songs in the world. Yeah, Megan Thee Stallion makes one of the songs that's most popular songs in the world. It's a rap song or an urban song, not pop. What the fuck is pop then? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the pedophilic category? I don't understand. What, what is that it's category? Just, right? It's yeah, it's it's the separation of it, in my opinion, when we're not talking about the actual music and we're just talking about who fits into what category, because arguably all music will will you know, people artists will do albums where one is a folk album and one is a pop album, one is a country album. Taylor Swift's done all three. One Thir- three albums, you see, know, albums of the year. Saying, what is pop? It's well, that's what I'm saying. It's like the 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 separation of it into categories is kind of meaningless to a certain extent, and, unless it's involving the artist's race, and then it's racist, in my opinion. Yeah, it's all racist. I'm. I think they just they, they, need to, <laughs> they like they don't need to redo the Grammys or anything. They just need to change the categories. And I, yeah. honestly, that would that would change everything. How people are grouped up, people would be like, "Oh, okay, now I'm forced to understand or listen to this music this way." Because they're like, "Oh, I don't need to say Kendrick Lamar had the best album because he has the best black album. I gave him a Grammy. He won a Grammy. He'll feel better." Yeah. Now I want to give the the best uh, album to like. This random singer songwriter that had one song, like the weekend, not getting nominated for anything. I mean, I don't even know. He must have pissed somebody off. <laughs> yeah, because that's crazy. He had like the number one song in the world for months. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't know about. I didn't. At know least one song could have been a great, you know, up nominated. I'm like, damn, they didn't like that he cut his hair. You should have kept your hair and fucked up. <laughs> the weekend, <laughs> the Grammys was like, nah, we don't want to fuck with you no more. 
Yeah, the this is what the article says. The, this kind of music, which is what we're just talking about, like the, the singer-songwriter stuff, is what the Grammys most clearly wants to associate itself with. Work it's like it, like wants to, it wants to be with this idea of like, you know, serious music and, and they, they think serious music is white music. Yeah. Even and though that, that's uh film is the same way. Film with, is the same way with Emmys and golden globes. They only give, they only give it to, you know, films about, you know, BIPOCs when it's really serious, like they're in pain or they're oh, yeah. struggling. Jodas and the black Messiah. Oh my gosh. Such a compelling story. Why have we... People should tell more stories like this. Like, that's a real fucking true event. People need to tell more fucking stories like this. This shit already happened. How dare you celebrate someone that you killed? I'm confused. That's why I get... America, y'all be, y'all be trying me. You and your, and your, your white counterparts, your white cohorts. <laughs> I can't. I can't be doing this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying so hard. I mean, I'm trying real hard to defend you guys. But well, we're, <laughs> we're going off on something. I just feel like, because like there's the, the, the white side that's all upset about, you know, Mr. Potato Head now becoming Potato Head and Dr. Seuss. And to me, like white people outrage politics is basically just an excuse for white people not to work on our shit, like our shitty lives. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's everybody's getting mad about the Dr. Seuss, Mr. Potato Head thing, but because everyone's like my childhood. But first of all, there's two things happening here. One, fuck Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, one, changing Mr. Potato Head to Potato Head. The first thing that I thought of when I heard that, I was like, oh, money, because now they're like everybody just bought Potato Heads, and if if they're sold out of, because back in the day they'd be like all sold out of Mrs. Potato Heads. And then so the girls don't buy them, only the boys buy them. Mm. But now they're like, we ain't sold out of none of them. We got enough potato heads for everybody. I don't give a fuck what you are. Buy a potato head. <laughs> they're like, but like, they're like, oh, I got a trans kid though. That's cool. Buy a potato head. Yeah, we got a potato head for them too. Them. They want money. They're like, I don't give a fuck what you identify as. Buy that shit. Yeah. Buy our toy. They that's smart. And then they're like, you that's can buy the money. accessories you want to buy. You can buy the, the, the eyelashes and shit and then and the lipstick. And See, capitalism there. makes sense when, when you take the racism out of it for things like this. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's successful in, in, in solving things like this if when they, you take the racism and the sexism out of it. Treat everything like potato heads. <laughs> Literally be like, oh, this movie, we're going to put all every race that you can think of in this motherfucking movie. And we're going to market like it's a movie for every fucking race. Yeah. We want everybody to go watch this shit. Yeah. This shit, like, we got Chinese people talking in Chinese. We got people speaking 12 different African languages. We got Americans. We got people from Europe. We got people from Australia. This movie. But the fucked up thing is racism has messed with white people in America's minds so much that like certain white people will see that and they'll be like, that's not for me. Because <laughs> it doesn't have, I don't know, Bill Paxton in it. Uh, is that what, so that's what's happening to Potato Head? Like, it's not for me. It yeah. doesn't have a mustache? No. <laughs> yeah. Not down. Yeah. But by the way, Bill Paxton, did he he died, right? Don't do that. No, he didn't. Uh, Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton did not die. Um, <laughs> we're, we're looking it up. No, he didn't die. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's he, alive. Phil Hartman died. <laughs> okay, okay. Phil Hartman, who I just wanted like to make Bill sure Paxton I wasn't slandering. Like they they all three of them look alike. I think. Yeah. Bill Paxton. Bill, Bill Pullman, Pullman died, didn't he? Who? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman didn't die either. <laughs> I need to stop putting this on these men. I don't think he did. No. Okay. In, in all the right. day, man. No, he didn't die. They all look alike, but no, he did. Okay. Um, also, Billy uh, Zane. They all didn't die. Uh, <laughs> all the bills. But see, 
They don't. You don't get all the Billies in it. You don't get all the Chris Hemsworths, the Chris's in it. Oh white gosh. people, certain white people don't think it's for them. We need to cancel all the Chris's except for Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Pine, he's cool too. I, I'm I'm cool with the Chris's. I think there's really one uh-uh, Chris that people want to get rid of. Don't, don't You know who I don't like? I don't, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is not aging well. Um, but anyway, oh <laughs> that's not what I also want to talk about. Dr. Seuss. So we talked about Potato Head, but Dr. Seuss, this is the thing. It's like five books they wanted to cancel or they're canceling they got rid of. They're the shittiest books in the Dr. Seuss fucking anthology. Nobody like, was buying them. I didn't give a fuck about those books. And I'm a Dr. Seuss fucking connoisseur. Don't come for me. And like, I was reading Dr. Seuss books to my kindergarten class when I was six years old because I was obsessed. Yeah, I liked them. Take me to the zoo, walking in my pocket, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, fried green eggs, uh, green eggs and ham. Is it green eggs and ham? Has anyone ever done like rap versions of all those songs? Because that would actually be pretty yeah. fun. There's like videos with like teachers that would like rap it to the class. That's cool. But, I like that. Yeah, the books that they got rid of, like, yeah, they're problematic. Come on, you guys. He like literally has propaganda cartoons that he drew that were were and purposely racist. It like Yeah. It, once again, he was and that's a system. Think about the time that he's living in. There were literal laws that kept people from doing shit because of the color of their skin or the gender that they had or the assigned gender that they had or the or the sex of the, uh, that they were born with. They that if that is true, then yes, there are people like Dr. Seuss who probably also perpetuated that system because literally it was designed that way. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Dr. Seuss said, "Oh, America in the world actually wants to be very open and 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 nice to everyone and, and give equality to everyone." But I'm gonna just go against the grain and make this racist cartoon. That's not what happened. He's getting commissioned to make these racist cartoons because the racist society asked him to do it. So, yeah, we need to get rid of it now because that shit ain't cute no more. Throw that shit in the trash. You can keep all your other books. We're going to throw the fucked up ones away. Don't worry. <laughs> Dr. Seuss is not gone. We're not canceling him. Mike, you know what I realized? Okay, talking about princesses earlier. Yes. Well, I guess we didn't talk about princesses, but we talked about Prince the Harry and, Meg- and the Duchess. Princess Diana. Um, and the applying potato head to, you know, everything in life. Um, what was a movie that did that from the 90s that we both watched in I this mean, it hiatus? I not a potato. And it was like the most potato head p- movie of all time. I wish I knew the song. I just can't think of it. It's like, and seven little mice will never be white horses. Impossible. Impossible things are happening every day. Isn't uh, that how it goes? Yes. We're talking about, of course, Roger and Hammerstein, Cinderella starring Brandy's. Brandy. I call it Brandy and Whitney Houston, Cinderella. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, know, I it no is. I don't know Rogers and I don't know no Hammerstein. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely it's definitely Brandy and Whitney's. Brandy is Brandy and Whitney's Cinderella. Um, okay, this movie's great. With Whoopi. It's it's on Disney Plus and uh it stars so there's some interesting there's some this fantastic casting in this because they didn't give a fuck about who anyone was married to and any reality because it's a fairy tale, so it's all just like Yeah. All sorts of cool stuff. But you've they got must have really been the best people that auditioned for the role. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. Right? Is yes. the queen. Then you've got, what's his name? Victor Gardner is yes. the king. And then you've got. Well, I don't know if he was openly gay at the time, but he's an, he is an openly gay actor now. Oh, so I didn't they, know yeah, that. So they diversify like motherfuckers. Hell I yeah. I even know it. Their, their son, the prince, played by Paulo Montalban, right? Asian man. 
And oh, who has that's I just call him jaw structure. That is a jawline right there. That, yeah. That's just a whole jawline with a suit on. Well, I was I was thinking, I was like, why is this man not like one of the biggest stars today? Yeah. Like, like, but he so he is a major Broadway actor. Oh yeah, he plays and, he plays the prince in Cinderella. Yeah, and he toured Broadway. he did that for years. He's like, that. nobody else can do this but me. I was like, yeah. damn, you go ahead then. Well and yeah, his voice, I mean like that is definitely yeah. like a theater voice. That was definitely watching you know, Brandy and, and him, I was like, I don't know. This just <laughs> I might be into both of these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's like it's just a hot cast. It's a hot cast. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like that movie just brings back so many positive Bernadette memories. Peters. Bernadette Peters is the wicked stepmom. I couldn't stand how she walked though in that little dress where she like would she like scu- scuttle. Oh yeah, I was like I scurry. I was like I can't do that. She's too good, too good like at the, the villainousness. Uh, Jason Alexander. Oh yeah, He's as my like least the favorite character from Seinfeld, and I didn't even watch Seinfeld. <laughs> I always feel like I have a, a a softness for him because my dad kind of looks like Jason Alexander. I see it fucked me up because I saw the episode where he was trying to eat a sandwich while having sex, <laughs> and that fucked me up. I was like, that's I not a good one. I can't stand him. That's but, not not. I mean, that's not a good one for your first impression. Yeah, no, no, no. It fucked me up. Um, and then uh, Natalie Drissel was in it too, who's like right. one of the ugly stepsisters. R.I.P. Right? Yeah, she passed away. So like that, I was like, oh, seeing her again. She has a range of movies. She played in some hood ass movies and then fucking Cinderella. So that's like, awesome. She got a range. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a great cast, and clearly it was just like whoever they liked the most, biggest stars wanted to do it. They were like, "Fuck it, we don't care." Yeah, and um, it turned out good. And the nineties were woke. I tried. To, we tried to tell everybody the nineties were woke. Yeah, we told y'all last week. You literally had, you had Moesha, you had one-on-one, you had this Cinderella, you had Proud Family, you had That's a Raven. It's because, once again, it was capitalism, but then racism got in the way of the capitalism. Because, <laughs> I'm not trying to say I'm, like, pro-capitalism or anything, but, like, like it's Potato Head. Like, literally in the 90s, they wanted, every we talked about last week, everyone wanted the money. And they yeah. wanted to build the audiences. And they did the, the social media companies did it again by building massive audiences. And then all of a sudden, then they unleashed the, the racism mm-hmm. and then they started censoring people. Think about it. If you, if you ask yourself, think really hard why Amazon and these streaming services and uh, TikTok and Clubhouse and Instagram and all that. Why are they really doing well? It's not just, it's not because they're smart companies, great companies. No, 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 no. It's because they market their shit and make it accessible to everyone. That's yeah. why it's making so much money because everybody's using it. Everybody black, is black, a black customer. Using it, people Asian using it, Latino using it, and everybody can give a fuck. Everybody on it. So that's how you make money. That green, man. Focus on the green. You can just forget all that racist shit. Yeah, I I didn't know I was going to come out so we're positive like, we're like, or we're like capitalism. <laughs> like, didn't we do like 30 episodes where we're like, money is the problem. Rich people are the problem. I mean, we were never anti-capitalist. I'm from America. <laughs> I want to make money. But at the same time, you got to make it You got to make it safe and sound and accessible to everyone. So I'm like, be about the green, but make sure everybody has accessibility to the green. Equity is what I, what I stand for. Yeah, absolutely. And so. I think that that's what they need to work on. So, key takeaways. In our strange fruit of prejudice episode, I don't know if we really like followed my, through with like that. Like my dream. Yeah, 
let's 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 bring it home by thinking about Mike's dream, okay? So the, you, the little things, the little the, the cookies, right? These 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 displaced cookies in this in this little in this woman eating the cookies, and I was so mad about that. I wanted to cancel this motherfucker. That's and, like that's like how everyone gets so mad about like potato heads and Dr. Seuss, Dr. and Seuss. then they go off, and then all of a sudden. Now it turns into this big thing that they didn't even want it to be. Yeah, and we're focusing on all these crazy issues and then escalating. And the person, the the cookie thing is not even part of it anymore. Yeah, that initial conversation ain't part of it anymore. We like veer off. Like the cookie didn't matter enough, but then it spiraled out of control, and now we have this society that's just fucked up. This is like you would think we were high, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but no. In all seriousness, the. I think these things, these little things that we focus on, like what Rachel took with her pictures years ago and this, you know, this plantation uh, party or whatever, antebellum party, when uh, you have to do things that Chris Harrison said, the Pierce Morgan's comments, the the queen, oop, there go my phone, the queen uh, and, and this entire institution of of Great Britain and, and Wales and, and, you know, the UK, United Kingdom, like all these different things we have to deal with. Some are small, some are big, and we keep wanting to, like, brush them off and ignore them. And I said this earlier, the more we keep brushing them off and ignore them, it just piles up more and more and more and more. I understand that the individual situation does seems like small potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> small genderless potatoes uh, but at the but if you but if you let them all group up it becomes a big deal think about yeah. this episode we had to talk about six or seven eight things at once because these are all little things people kept putting off yeah. instead of just handling it it yeah. becomes a whole fucking hour long fucking topic of a racial uh, injustice and microaggressions and, and, and years of oppression and tradition. And it, it's like, handle these things. Let's address this shit. Let's stop trying to put it off and make it somebody else's problem and then storm the fuck out of the room and be like, I'm not dealing with this. No, stay your ass there and deal with it. Chris Harrison, Pierce Morgan, Queen of England, all of y'all, come back into the room. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it, and let's come to a solution. Let's figure it out. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.